in Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shiny tea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another wild, whimsical Wednesday for Torch Report 376. Americans need an attitude adjustment. And today, friends, we'll be connecting the dots between diversity, equity, and inclusion and the Chinese Communist Party, because attitudes matter. Attitudes really matter. Everybody understands that attitudes matter. Attitudes are important. It's, you know, whether we're dealing with kids or we're dealing with coworkers or, or random people in the community, we've all had to deal with people who have a bad attitude at some point in our lives, you know, often multiple times a day, I'm sure for many people, if we're just being honest here, you know. So I, I'm curious, though, in, in all of the encounters with people with bad attitudes, have you ever wondered where the attitude comes from? Where's this attitude coming from? You know, I was curious about it. So I started doing a little bit of digging today and you'll never guess what I learned. You'll never guess in a million years. Drum roll, please. The commies are taking over the world. Now, <laughs> I say that to make light <clears throat> of a very serious point, friends, just as the Chinese Communist Party continues to be upheld as a role model for the modern world, so too was communism central in the forming of the European Union. And ultimately, this communist consolidation of power and control is the ultimate ideological framework for the new world order. And this matters for reasons that will be made clear throughout the podcast here today, friends. We need to start thinking of communism as an attitude and then rejecting it. Okay. But understand that our attitudes our attitudes in general have been studied by psychologists and sociologists for decades. I mean, they've really dug into what drives behavior and attitudes and all of that. There've been thousands and thousands of studies that have explored how attitudes can be changed and they've proven that attitudes can be conditioned into people. And if you add to this mix of understanding the reality of algorithmic social interventions and fifth generation warfare, then the possibility that the global cabal is conditioning humanity with a communist attitude becomes very, very real, which brings up a few questions. Why would the global cabal want to systematically condition humanity to adopt a communist attitude? The answer is because it facilitates the consolidation of power and control. Now, why is it bad for humanity if the masses are conditioned to accept a communist mindset, commie attitude? And the answer is because it facilitates the because it facilitates the consolidation of power and control. So why is the consolidation of power and control so bad for humanity? The answer is because power corrupts people and centralized control means the destruction of individual liberties. Ultimately, this consolidated power and control inevitably leads to totalitarianism. It, it leads to suffering. It leads to death, just like every communist revolution throughout history attests to. Now, the consolidation of power and control ultimately is the exact opposite of everything that's good in life. 
This consolidation or this, this, this impulse, this desire to consolidate power and control, friends, this is what I call the evil impulse. And if you've been with me for a while, you've heard that many times, I'm sure. But this evil impulse and the desire to consolidate power and control really explains why the communism crushes the human spirit. You remember when the CCP was flying drones to the streets telling the peasants to control their soul's urge for freedom? Remember that? Had some video on that and stuff. Anyway, that's a perfect example of how public attitudes can be shaped by heavy-handed government interventions. You know, the, the, it, the psychologists, and by extension, the governments, you know, understand. But psychologists define an attitude as a learned tendency to evaluate things in a certain way. Excuse me. What that means is that your attitudes about people and political issues and geopolitical events and global objectives like Agenda 2030, these can all be intentionally cultivated. The result of of, of learning to evaluate things in a certain way, like a commie, you know, ultimately leads directly to the irrational behavior, like sacrificing freedom for the illusion of safety or demanding conformity with delusional concepts like diversity, equity, and inclusion. Friends, interestingly enough, as I was digging into all of this, I learned that billionaire genius and Silicon Valley legend Peter Thiel who's the founder of PayPal and a bunch of other things. Anyway, he recently eviscerated the diversity myth. It was a, he put a, uh, like an essay out called the, the diversity myth. Anyway, in that essay, he called out, directly called out the communist ideology that, quote, deranges and polarizes our society. End quote. Wow. You know, this guy's a pretty high, uh, high speed guy. He's, you know, he's, he's somebody that's worthy of respect and he's calling out. So he's putting his reputation on the line is what I'm getting at here. Uh, he, he's a veritable force to be reckoned with his intelligence, but his, he puts out, he de destroys, he eviscerates the diversity, the myth of diversity, the diversity myth and calls out the commies for, you know, their deranged ideology and polarizing society. And then Peter Thiel declares, whenever someone mentions DEI, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion, whenever you hear DEI, just think CCP. Whenever you think of diversity, equity, and inclusion, think of the Chinese Communist Party. Because it's they're using this as a tool. That's what it is. It's, it's insanity, but it's an intentional insanity. Now, Again, given this man's documented brilliance and his phenomenal success, I would say that he is an intelligent and informed individual who is not likely to succumb to quack conspiracies, right? I mean, I'm just an ignorant peasant, but this guy, he's really somebody. And so when he calls out the communist Chinese Communist Party for warping Americans' minds with half-baked social theories like diversity, equity, and inclusion, I feel like I'm in good company. Like, all right, yeah, I'm not, you know, this is great. You know, obviously he understands ideological subversion. If you've been listening to the Torch Report for any length of time, I'm sure that you do too, friends. But unfortunately, so do the global elites, the global cabal who wants to enslave us all. They understand this ideological subversion very, very well, which is exactly why they are using the communist tactics to take over the world. Hence, the commies are taking over the world. OK, it's a real deal. Now, all of this really boils down to intentionally cultivating communist attitudes, communist mindsets and manipulating perspectives in order to drive behavioral change at the global scale. 
Steele warns us. He says, quote, anyone who prizes liberty, conservatives, libertarians, classical liberals and the rest must never anyone who prizes liberty must never lose sight of the cosmic battle against atheist communism, period. End quote. Anyone who prizes liberty must never lose sight of the cosmic battle against atheist communism. Man, you know, geez, maybe this guy should run for president. I don't know. But still, uh, I, I say that without any real reason to endorse the guy. I just like the fact that he's calling out the commies here. Does it sound crazy when it's coming from a brilliant billionaire philanthropist with a Stanford law degree? Okay, he's saying don't lose sight of the cosmic battle against communism. I think that that's those are huge, you know, regardless of whether it sounds crazy or, or not, friends, it's still true. And so we need to be talking about this with people and getting this conversation into our communities. Now, the commies really are trying to take over the world. They actually say in the Communist Manifesto that they have a world to win. Um, and what's more, Peter Thiel has pointed out that China is actually using AI to pull all of this off. And it's just, you know, does this sound familiar, friends? Because it should, if it, you know, anyway. But let's, let's go ahead and zoom out here. We're going to zoom out. We got China using AI, the global cabal trying to enslave us all. We're going to zoom way out, zoop, way, way out for just a second. Because the uh, the turn the World Health Organization just finished up with their 76th annual World Health Assembly, and that caught my eye because I was like, ah, there's a lot there's a lot of distraction, smoke and mirrors in the news. There's something else going on here. So I went to the WHO. Sure enough, here they go. And this week long assembly culminated with a revised roadmap for the global roadmap for the global health for peace initiative. The Global Health for Peace Initiative. They got this roadmap, and it's a revised roadmap, like the fifth revision. And for it, the, it's basically a revised roadmap for total global control that tuned me into uh, or turned me onto the study of attitudes and how easily they could be manipulated. As I was reading through the WHO's roadmap for total global control, uh, according to their conceptual overview, and I'll just read it to you here, okay? Quote, the Global Health and Peace Initiative mainly refers to and seeks to contribute to positive peace, uh, which relates to the attitudes, institutions, and structures that create and sustain peaceful societies, rather than simply the absence of conflict or violence known as negative peace. Okay, end quote. So when I read that, I read that the Global Health and Peace Initiative, the GHPI, mainly refers to the attitudes, institutions, and structures that create an, a sustained, peaceful society. It struck me that what they were tuning into was managing attitudes. And, you know, I think about all the algorithmic social interventions, all the stuff starts flying through my mind. Like they're, they're actually saying they're laying it out here. This is their blueprint, their roadmap. This made me curious about the clinical understanding of attitudes. Okay, Because, I mean, in theory, these are the top doctors from around the world, the World Health Organization. They're talking about uh, attitudes that, that can create and sustain peaceful societies. And as I started digging into it, I wanted to look at it. I wanted to learn from a psychotitude is and how it, it might apply to the globalist effort to transform humanity via behavioral change. Now, 
I wanted to understand this because baked into the conceptual foundation of the GHPI, the Global Health uh, and Peace Initiative, are the very same DEI concepts, the diversity, equity, and inclusion concepts that stem from the Chinese, the CCP conversion, subversion, I should say, the Chinese communist subversion. Now, it's, of course, it's cloaked. Friends, it's cloaked under flowery language. So if you were just looking at that as a casual observer, you might not have noticed uh, that that's what's going on there. But they, they, they talk about, oh, we're going to implement health programs that are peace responsive. And they're talking about positive peace, which is the attitudes rather than just, you know, avoiding conflict and violence. We're going to just change people's attitudes and, and institutions to to create and sustain a peaceful society. Now, in their own words, when they're elaborating on this peace uh, that are uh, peace responsive, these health programs that are peace responsive, they say these programs seek to improve the prospects for peace by, for example, strengthening social cohesion, equity, inclusivity, dialogue, and community resilience. End quote. That's an exact quote. Okay, so social cohesion. Uh, equity, inclusivity, they talk about trust a lot. And this is all achieved via global health programming. And I, when you think, I read those words, health programming, a thing about computer programming. Because don't forget, friends, in their, in their collective minds, in their hive minds, they think we're all just hackable animals. And of course, they don't need the majority of us, you know, useless, mouth-breathing, meat-eating, um, backwards, ignorant peasants. Anyway, digging into the research on attitudes led me to some fascinating connections, including the theory of planned behavior, the theory of planned behavior, TPB, the theory of planned behavior, like, hmm, very interesting. As I was looking into that, I, it led me to some government-funded research related to public health and political science, and it turns out that the theory of planned behavior is directly applicable to steering voting trends. They call it, uh, in their words, in their in their uh, scientific speak, in their psychobabble, they say it's exploring the antecedents of voting. But they're really talking about planned behavioral change, changing people's attitudes and intentions, and doing that to change the outcome of votes. Now, this was recently documented in a, 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 current, a recent study in Europe's Journal of Psychology, and the title of the paper was Understanding Support for European Integration Across Generations a study guided by the theory of planned behavior. I'll say it again. Understanding support for European integration across generations. <laughs> a study guided by the theory of planned behavior. It was, it was kind of another fascinating rabbit trail. I did put the link there in the report today, friends. But essentially, this study that understanding European integration, like you know, all these different countries in Europe, is what, 50-some countries in Europe, trying to be integrated into one union, kind of like the United States. There's a lot of similarities here. But the, the support for that has changed across generations. And it's been guided by the theory of planned behavior. And that's a really big deal. So uh, again, rabbit trail there. But essentially, it was trying to figure out why some people and some nations were supporting uh, supporting the breast, the Brexit, you know, supporting, you know, resisting the assimilation under the centralized control and authority of authority of the European Union. And the report says, quote, from a dynamic perspective, 
The European project is an ongoing process aimed at ever closer union, as explicitly stated, for example, in the 1957 Treaty of Rome. As mentioned, however, this process of progressive integration and centralization of power runs counter to much public opinion and is far from being accepted by all member states, period, end quote. Now. This process of progressive integration and centralization of power runs counter to much public opinion. Jeez, you think, you know, thus from the dynamic perspective and in their own words, the European project is an ongoing process aimed at this progressive integration of and centralization of power. They're saying that that's what they aim to do. Friends, it sounds like communism to me, but is there a connection? Is there a connection between the European project and communism? And since the idea for this ever closer union sprouted from the Treaty of Rome, I decided to look there. And by the way, I'm just going to, you know, real quickly here, the the reason I was like, it sounds like communism here. Remember way back in when I beginning, when I first realized that the commies were taking over the world was when I realized the communists helped found and and write the charter for the United Nations. That was a mind blower to Leah. Holy smokes, I thought the UN and NATO were against the commies. No, no. The UN and the UN and NATO were very much up, you know, in bed with the commies. Okay. So here I'm, you know, we're seeing the EU and extend, you know, oh, they're a democracy ostensibly, but in reality, they're a bunch of freaking commies. So Anyway, this ever closer union came from the Treaty of Rome, and I looked into that, and it turns out the uh, the original vision for the EU, as as laid out in the Treaty of Rome, it was conceived by this French guy named Jean Monnet, and Jean Monnet was a prominent member of the National Liberation Committee. Geez, the NLC. <laughs> what did they do? Well, they united the communists and the socialists and the Democrats and the liberals to fight for their common cause. So this guy, Jean, 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 Jean Monnet, he was very much a socialist communist hack. And that was definitely baked into the Ro Treaty of Rome and thus baked into the U European Union. And as... Jean Monnet was advocating for a more integrated European Union. He declared that there will be no peace in Europe if the states are reconstituted on the basis of national sovereignty. There will be no peace on the basis of national sovereignty. There will be no peace on the basis of national sovereignty. Let that sink in, friends. In other words, it does not matter if you're Italian or German or French or Swede. If in the EU, in the EU, <laughs> in the EU, your national, you don't, you don't matter in the EU. That's the try in the EU, you, you know, in the EU, your national sovereignty is obsolete. Your culture is irrelevant. Your, your own sense of individuality, your own personal well-being must be sacrificed to the collective in the name of the greater good. And, you know, that's they've been conditioning that attitude, conditioning that attitude. However, because that attitude is incongruent with uh, human nature and reality and based on what's happening in the UK today, all this massive civil unrest because of the ongoing cost of living crisis tied to the uh, the climate agenda. I'd say that right now, all of these pie in the sky socialist fantasies in Europe are currently crashing against the immovable rock of reality. And friends, Americans would be wise to take note because we are following uh, hot and heavy in their footsteps.
you know, while all that's going on in Europe. Meanwhile, you know, elsewhere in the world, Chinese fighter jets are buzzing American planes. Chinese spies are trying to infiltrate our military bases. Millions of influence, uh, influential American sensitive personal data, including financial information and social security numbers, is being stored by the Chinese Communist Party. And despite all of this increasingly aggressive behavior, it is becoming increasingly clear that we as a people, as a nation, have no plan to deal with the commie threat because our political class and entrenched two-party system is essentially in bed with them. Everything from Biden's laughable build back better agenda to his current budget deal are actually benefiting China. Do you think that's just by accident? You know, Lindsey Graham just announced that the biggest winner of uh, Biden's budget is none other than the Chinese Communist Party. Friends, there's there's so many astounding connections to the CCP. If you want to get caught up on that or or be refreshed, check out Torch Report 258, The Chinese Connection. There's tons of links in that report that show how they're buying up land, how they're, you know, they're, they're infiltrating the tech sector and all that kind of stuff. And yet, And yet, friends, apathy abounds. So what's the solution? Americans need an attitude adjustment. And here's the good news. Remember how our attitudes are learned tendencies to evaluate things in a certain way? I suggest that we start evaluating the situation through the lens of a communist takeover and tell all of our friends, you know, the commies are taking over the world because that's exactly that's precisely what's happening. And even Peter Thiel agrees. Now, friends, the global cabal is using commie tactics to drive a cultural revolution in order to rip our country apart and destroy our national sovereignty. And I believe that anyone who still refuses to talk about this issue and take it seriously needs a major attitude adjustment preference deliver the good old-fashioned way. Sometimes it takes a smack upside the head, friends. So please help get the word out. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart. It's on the Substack app of the website. Click that heart and give me some love. But the biggest honor of all, always the biggest honor of all, is if you share this podcast with somebody, anybody. Share it with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this wild, whimsical Wednesday, friends. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 